Welcome. I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and you're listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Many people in their lifetime will experience traumatic moments in their life that will shape who they become in the world. And so many of them will take those experiences and use that energy to thrive, not just for themselves, but also use that energy to help others find their purpose. My guest today is Blythe Langford. She is an entrepreneur, business coach, founder of the nonprofit organization Resonate Foundation and host of the podcast Upgrade with Blythe Langford. But among her many titles, she is a trauma survivor thriver. Blythe, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. I mean, you have done so much in your life. There's just so much life to talk about. Um, and it's a very interesting life. So I, I want to go into you telling me a little bit about your story. Sure. So um, I grew up in an abusive household. So there was a lot of trauma all the time. And, um, but I was also around entrepreneurs. So I learned at a really young age how to um, see what other people couldn't see to, in order, like with businesses in order to thrive really. And also how to be really self-reliant and independent and use your um, experiences to help others. So that was really amazing. And I'm the eldest of four kids as well. So I was always like the protector in the family of my brothers and sisters as well, trying to prevent as much um, violence towards them happening so that, it, yeah, I could help them. Um, so that wouldn't happen to them as well. And um, then due to my experiences in my teenage years, got into a lot of drugs and alcohol, which led to um, a party lifestyle and, and a lot of trauma involved as well. A lot, I saw a lot of my friends lose their lives or go to prison. And at that same time, I was still an entrepreneur. Like I always knew that I needed to stick to my own knowing and my own understanding in life so that I could survive. So I started up little businesses here and there. And even though I had this outrageous life, I was also really grounded in business and really fending for myself. So I was between two worlds always. And then at the age of um, oh, 16 was probably my biggest trauma when I lost my boyfriend. Um, he OD'd of a heroin overdose. So mm -hmm. that was probably, and my parents being in an abusive household um, sort of, you know, you've got 20 minutes to get over this and that was it. So I was just constantly taught to push my emotions down and never really deal with them, just escaping the reality and going into, um, yeah, drugs and that party lifestyle rather than actually dealing with the issues at hand. So in my 20s, everything started to come up and out, all the things that I hadn't dealt with and that gave me the opportunity to either go with it or really take a path that a lot of my other friends had taken as well. So rather than... And I also have a lot of female suicide in my family line as well. So mm. it was choosing differently so that I could have different experiences in my life, which helped me thrive all through my 20s. I had like really successful businesses, like a few multi-million dollar businesses. Wow. And I had lots of teams and was able to educate them because I'd gone through such a, a big evolutionary journey myself and really help teens that were really troubled and in drugs and alcohol and those sort of things have different um, tools to be able to help themselves go through the experiences that they were having either in abusive households or um, with drugs and alcohol or losing family members or loved ones as well. In my late 20s is when I had, um, I 
had the cervical cancer vaccine and I got cervical cancer. So that was a real eye-opener for me. That was probably the biggest thing in my life that changed everything dramatically because I was also left infertile as well. So everything mm-hmm. sort of shifted and I went from that real party lifestyle to going, okay, I've got the possibility of not living through this, so I need to make different choices. And I completely changed my whole life and became a raw vegan and started detoxing and became super passionate about health and just finding out what was going on in the world and um, really dealing with the traumas that I hadn't dealt with previously. And that changed the trajectory of my whole life and started a health um, product company and detox company and started health coaching once I'd I'd studied naturopathy and uh, naturopathic nutrition and raw vegan chef so I was able to take a different path to what I was doing before and that became my new passion and then started health coaching people with other health concerns so that they could change their lives as well and through health and then I turned into with my businesses being so successful a lot of people around me in the same sort of industry were asking for business coaching and I'd done a lot of um, study in business and cryptocurrencies and all different types of um realms of business as well so started helping other people not getting paid for it or anything like that just doing it out of passion helping other people with their businesses understanding their like profit and loss statements and shifting their businesses and their limitations mentally as well and their blockages which are always trauma as well Um, helping them to shift their mindsets in those sort of things and then now I'm helping people turn their businesses into non-for-profits and be really passionate about um, leaving a legacy for their kids or for the next generation really shifting things around a lot and I also do uh, rebirthing breath work with all of my clients which is dealing with people's birth traumas because for me what I realized is that when you're doing all of um, your personal development and all of these things, there's a lot of looping patterns. And I'd gone through all different um, studies over the last 20 years. And most recently has been the rebirthing breath work because a lot of the traumas that you deal with in your birth actually then start to loop throughout your life. So if you can go in and start to clear and understand those, then it really has massive shifts in the rest of your life. So that's my biggest passion at the moment is wow. yeah, rebirthing breath work, deal with people's birth traumas because they're the looping cycles throughout their whole life or that have come through their family line as well. So yeah, traumas, dealing with trauma has always been like a big part of everything that I do. Well, I definitely want to get into that. Um, But I also want to kind of rewind. You have, like I said, there's so much of so much life that you've experienced. I feel like I've just heard from like five different people. But you know, first of all, you said that you lived in a violent, abusive household. Um, But they were, were these your parents who were also entrepreneurs who had that, you know, drive and maybe and and that was kind of what was, I guess, pushing their abuse. Would you say that? Because I feel like, you know, they always describe like really successful people as like psychopaths who are. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like that you were that was the environment you were in? I feel like I was raised by children in adults bodies which a lot of people are and they were just doing their best with dealing with their own traumas because my life compared to my parents life was nothing you know what I mean like their traumas were even more intense than than what I had experienced and then if you look at their parents they grew up in wartime so it was even worse I feel like the trauma had been diluted down to me they just were reliving 
what had happened to them and probably not even as bad. So they were just quite aggressive and angry people and, and just really sad and upset and miserable. So they didn't know how to deal with what was going on within them. And so they took it out on the kids and, and they didn't know how to discipline, discipline properly because they had been extremely abused and that's what they think worked for them. So they did that with us as well. But yes, they had extremely psychopathic tendencies and would do quite evil things and find that funny, you know, because that's what had happened to them. So yeah, I I feel like they were doing their best with what they had, but it was definitely not what I would do with my children if I was to have children, that's for sure. Yeah, they were not meeting your needs as a child. Awesome that you are able to see that they were just doing the best that they could, right? Um, Absolutely. That's a hard thing. Were you able to seek help? Not really, not really, because I was always too scared to talk about anything and um, share it with anybody else properly. I mean, my parents put me into therapy when I was, I think, 14 or 13 because they thought I cared too much about my younger brother and sister. <laughs> they, so that was so they were almost training me to dull down my emotions. Like I was too much. I was too caring for people. I was too empathic. And they couldn't understand that. So they literally put me into therapy. So it was sort of working against being supportive of me as a human being. I didn't even know until my 20s that I had, I grew up in an abusive household because I had so many blackouts um, throughout my life where I couldn't remember entire periods. And it wasn't until my sister came to me because I would like, we still, even though I grew up in an abusive household, we still did cool stuff. Like we'd go camping, we'd go kayaking. I like um, did heaps of different things with my, with my family, mm-hmm. um, but then just, around people and behind closed doors, there was a lot of abuse. So yeah, it wasn't until my twenties, my sister actually said to me, she just took me aside. She's like, I just want to let you know and just ask you a few questions because you seem to think that you've had this really rosy upbringing and you know, you're so um, supportive of mum and dad. And she was, she had a lot of anger and um, she's like, I just want to let you know that we actually grew up in a really abusive household. Don't you remember this, this, and this, and these things happened to you. And these things happened to like my siblings and these things happened like when mom, when dad would have hurt my mom. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then all these memories just start flooding in. And so, Mm, yeah, yeah, that really started a massive shift for me. And that's when I started to, yeah, I started to um, do a lot of personal development, do a lot of deep inner, inner work and also, um, yeah, started to see a, a therapist as well at the start. And then as time progressed and I learnt to actually, like, started to discover who I was as a person rather than just suppressing everything with drugs and learning to deal with my emotions, then I got a coach as well and started to work one-on-one with a coach because I felt with a therapist I was just going round and round in circles for years and wasn't really getting anywhere. And mm-hmm. so I started to work with a coach and that really took my development of myself and my spirit exactly so much healing um like on a trajectory of just like exponential growth so it was yeah that was probably the most beneficial thing that I ever did and I've been working with coaches ever since then because that's when I felt like I've got the most support and growth as well wow so you didn't realize when you were when you created these maladaptive coping skills of the drugs and the drinking and this party lifestyle, you had no idea that these were just symptoms of PTSD because you kind of disassociated and just blocked that out of your mind. A hundred percent. Well, and that was when it's, that's when you just, that's when you realize I need to get help for this. Right. Cause 
that's exactly what happened to me. Like I thought, oh, I'm just a bad person. And there was a lot of self-hate, a lot of feeling worthless. But that's so that's so interesting because I feel like there's so many people out there who don't realize that they have experienced trauma and they're just like, yeah. oh, I just I just have this addictive personality or I just, um, you know, so that is that is fascinating. I feel like people a lot of people should know that, like if they are dealing with some type, yeah. type of addiction or dealing with depression, that they may want to kind of look back in the past to see what they can fix in the future kind of thing. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I do with all of my clients. A hundred percent. Like no matter what somebody comes to me with, like exactly what you said, whether it be like an addiction or body image or self-hate or mm -hmm. um, business blockages, all of those things. Once we start working with breath work and especially with rebirthing breath work, then things start to come up and out that they weren't really aware of that were there because they've actually given themselves the time and space in a healing environment and things are able to be come up and be seen in a, in a comfortable way rather than having to relive that trauma but actually be able to address it and, yeah, move on, not move on from it but able to integrate it into who they are rather than trying to avoid it for the rest of their lives because obviously, like you said, with the PTSD, these coping mechanisms can they be manifest. Quite, yeah, exactly. And be harmful. Mm -hmm. And then they get passed on to the people around you, especially if you've got kids and all of those things. So yeah, it's really beautiful to be able to deal with what is there. Right. I, I, I absolutely agree. But, and, but what's really interesting is since you had this entrepreneurial spirit, this, this, thing that made you so successful but you had this trauma did you ever deal with any self-hate constantly oh my gosh constantly because I'm yes, thinking absolutely. like how could you have I mean I feel like and and you know I have this problem too like I deal with feeling worthless constantly <laughs> but you know it's it's a work in progress right but it's interesting when you yeah. know because you have all of these things that people from the outside would say man I want all of these things that Blythe has. How did your self-hate come about? Oh gosh. Um, I think without blaming, this is going to sound like a little bit blaming, but my self-hate, my mum was a fashion designer. Oh, and wow. um, so there was always like, you know, being in Australia with a size zero, you know, oh, sorry, in America, it'd be like a size zero, you know, being stick thin and extremely tall. And, you know, um, I always call it the white supremacy programming look, you know, <laughs> like a prepubescent white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, all of that sort of thing. Um, very Anglo-Saxon. That's like what you should look like. And that's perfect. And I'm a, I'm a short woman, very short mm, and quite yes. stocky and muscly and, like dark features so that's never going to be in my reality so just that feeling that of never being enough was always ingrained into me from mm -hmm. my mother like that we could never be that and that's what's that's what's beautiful so my self-hate started like quite young and it was fed from that as well because my younger brother and sister they're well, my they're blonde hair and blue eyes so I was like the outcast compared to everybody else as well and they're considered beautiful and that was something that I would never be so I think it's been such a long journey for me dealing with that self-hate and yeah, really learning to love myself no matter what I look like, no matter what size I am and really pushing the boundaries on that. And I had an amazing coach always, <laughs> but always yeah. have an amazing coach um, that's taught me lots of different tools and techniques. And then through my own learning as well, through my own education, learned lots of techniques to learn to deal with that and 
um, just changing the mindset on, you know, looking in the mirror rather than picking out things that you hate about yourself, pick out things that you love about yourself and mm-hmm. the things that nourish you and light up your soul and make you feel beautiful and great and and really cleansing out my friend group as well um, that was a big deal for me people that were were not attributing to my my soul growth or my or my love for myself I started to detox them out of my life when I started to after the cancer started to detox myself as well so they just became hand in hand and that was really beautiful experience whilst being challenging because you know, it's always really hard to cleanse out your friends group because, oh, you know, I'm going to be lonely and da 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 and making new friends is so hard. But it's also such soul growth and so mm-hmm. nourishing to find people that you really love rather than are just hanging out with because it's comfortable and because you've known them for a long time. So that was really beautiful experience for me. And I still do a lot of practices every single day to make myself, to remind myself who I am beyond the programming of my parents or my family or society Mm. as well, because that's really huge. So I make sure that in the morning, I'll always do breath work or meditation just to get in front of that programming so that I can come back to my soul rather than Um, you know, turning on my phone and getting into feeling lack or scarcity or anything like that and spending a lot of time in nature as well, which is really nourishing for me. Are you in Australia now? Yeah, I'm in Australia. I live in the rainforest um, at the back of Byron Bay in the hills here. That definitely contributes to your inner peace, right? Being like in such a beautiful place that is, you know, because nature is healing. After I'd gotten the cancer, then I started to really manifest things into my life that were going to be super important. So I literally places that I wanted to live next. I'd I just constantly each day just have that in my mind and just putting it out there to the universe. And then they started to manifest and really work with that sort of energy. And it really does work. And even though you might not manifest it straight away or anything like that, I know that I'm not an immediate manifester, but it always comes in at the perfect time. So yeah, ever since I was 27, I started to live like either by the ocean or by the well, it's been by the ocean that whole time. And then I've only just moved to the rainforest about four months ago, five months ago. So it's something completely new. <laughs> wow. But beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Um, you talked about developing HPV and that was one of the most difficult things you had to deal with. What was that like for you? Because I can only imagine that dealing with a cervical cancer can really affect how you kind of live your life. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was just a really tricky year for me. So it was one of many things that year that were extremely traumatic. And a lot of people have a lot of things around that age, right? They say the 27 age is where a lot of end of cycles and beginning of cycles and Mm -hmm. a lot of famous people pass away at 27. So it's very common. But yeah, in that year, the cervical cancer, that was one of many things. That year, my one of my partners, my boyfriend, long-term boyfriend, we broke up for a very short time. He, he slept with another woman and she became pregnant and we didn't know. And so it was just a horrendous year. Um, so the cervical cancer didn't even seem as bad as other things that were going on in my life. Wow. Because I feel like at that moment when the doctors sort of gave me, um, like told me what was going on, it was really just like a switch flicked in my head where I, because I had been so I guess loyal to the normal system of modern medicine that for such a long time and these were there were so many things going on I had really extreme like stomach pains all the time like eating became just painful and so there was just so many things going on in my body 
um, that modern medicine hadn't been able to heal. And then this on top of that was just like the nail in the head for me to go, you know what, no more. I'm taking my health into my own hands. Like I've been trying to work with doctors and naturopaths and all of those things for probably about six years to get my health really where I wanted it to be, but it's just gone progressively worse. So that really allowed me to study naturopathic nutrition and to do look into detoxing and research and food and organics. And I went to a health retreat and really shifted everything. And then really, yeah, it became, it wasn't like a burden at all. It was actually like the best thing that ever happened because I don't know if I, if that hadn't have happened, if I would have changed my life for the better. I think I might have just kept on that path and just gotten sicker and taking more medication and doing what the doctors had told me. So it was just like a real opportunity for me to pull the pin on modern medicine and just, yeah, start natural therapies and natural healing and biohacking my own health. So it was, it was, it was to be honest, yeah, when I found out, I remember ringing my boyfriend at the time and just being like, oh my gosh, I've got cancer, you know, they want me to do this, that and the other, I need to go in this day, like, can you come in with me? He's like, oh no, I can't come with you. I've got a surf trip with my friends. And so my heart was breaking at that time as well as being sick. It was the most horrendous experience. So yeah, that was when everything started to shift and break down from there, but every breakdown becomes a breakthrough. So I, yes. yeah, it was horrendous, but it was such a beautiful opportunity for me. Wow. I do love that. Every breakdown becomes a breakthrough. You are so right. You are so right. You know, you describe physical and mental health as the foundation of kind of creating a fulfilling lifestyle. I know that you are a vegan and you have done more naturopathic modalities. Do you do coaching in that space where, um, do you encourage everyone to go vegan or is there like for in individual people, there's a certain, um, you believe that there's different ways to kind of take care of yourself? I don't expect everybody to eat plant-based, although that would be my biggest dream, but it doesn't work for everybody. I do, however, like with most of my clients, get them to do a detox. So that would be like a juice fast or something like that and do some cleansing formulas because everybody's body, most of the time when they come to me, people are toxic and they have a lot of inflammation in the body and in the mind. So I really like to um, yeah, get everybody just to do a bit of a cleanse so that they can um, just get rid of that inflammation in their body. And it normally clears up their mind so much and mm -hmm. just the feedback that I've gotten from my clients you see it in their eyes they're just sparkly they've got that passion for life back they feel amazing they're energized and um, are ready to take on the world that brings me to your foundation resonate mm -hmm. foundation yeah can you tell me a little bit about that um, my foundation <laughs> is all about investing in um projects that are going to benefit humanity or the environment and yeah there's many different projects I mean before COVID we were working with my some of my teachers in Mexico and helping them get reclaim land and regenerate land and things like that and that's what 2020 was supposed to be for me going back over there and taking people from Australia over there and helping them work on the land over there and um, mm. get their native medicine the peyote medicine flourishing in areas where it used to where it hasn't been and now I help other people create foundations that are 
interested in humanitarian or environmental projects or things that are creating solutions for their local community. And with these foundations, what we do is they're actually sitting in uh, their private foundations. So they, when you're a non-for-profit private foundation, then you don't have to pay tax as well. So every single penny that your business makes gets reinvested into the projects that you're passionate about. I was actually looking through some of your current projects and, and one of them was uh, Who Gives a Crap? When I saw that, I was like, I have that toilet paper. <laughs> it's really funny. My husband um, is, it's, really big on kind of minimizing our carbon footprint. We don't have paper towels awesome. in our house. Um, and, yeah. you know, a lot of people make fun of us. They're like, what do we have to wipe our butts with um, a washcloth? <laughs> you know, and my husband's like, no, I actually have this toilet paper. It's called who, who gives a crap? And um, yeah, I, it is, it actually is, it, it's a really great toilet paper. So I do want to say that because yeah. when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to talk to this person who has like invested in who gives a crap, but uh, I just, <laughs> just thought that was really interesting when I saw that. Um, but yes. Um, so I think that is, that's pretty amazing how you, you do that, that kind of, you took that energy and turned it into this, you know, this way to help others and help the earth kind of just, it's just like, like a great it's very cyclical how you did it. You know, I love it. I do want to also, I know what is personal mastery and why is it so important for each individual? I think, so first of all, personal mastery to me, what that means is when you're able to integrate whatever is going on within you and not blame the external world for anything rather see the external world as a reflection of your internal world and what's going on. So being able to understand the emotions that are coming up and how to um, work through them or how to use them to your benefit or how to see what is yours and what isn't yours. It might be ancestral. It might be from your childhood. It might be from somebody that you've hung out with. Being able to really be a ninja of your own mind, emotions and body and spirit. What's right for you, what's serving you, what's not serving you, what to integrate or what to move on from. Um, so that's what self-mastery is to me really and because I feel like a lot of people and I was one of those people where you're doing all of the things you know doing the meditation spending time in nature ticking all the boxes but you're actually bypassing what is actually there for you because you're not actually integrating you know today I'm feeling like you're not integrating certain emotions because a lot of people bypass anger um, mm -hmm. frustration frustration terror all of these old things that are just pushed down. So it's actually looking at what is inside of you and starting to see it with different eyes and um, allowing whatever is going on in your life, um, allowing whatever emotion is coming up to see it as beautiful because I feel like society is like, oh, yeah, if you're happy and if you're awesome and if you're achieving all these things, then you're awesome. But if you're angry and you're sad or you're depressed, then you're not as you're not as worthy as when you're feeling this, which is such mm. a, a crock of modern society. I have a lot of friends that are like, no, I'm just in my shadows and I'm a shadow. I'm just a shadow worker. I'm just doing that. I'm like, it's about integrating them both and seeing that all you are everything. We are all everything, multidimensional beings and being able to accept all parts of ourselves 
and being able to express ourselves consciously to another person and relate um, consciously to another person in a way that is not from our triggers or from our wounds, but rather expressing how we're really feeling on our heart because behind all of our like expressing from like being triggered or angry or anything like that is generally hurt or sadness or memory that's popped up. So just being able to communicate really consciously to our loved ones shifts and changes everything. We're actually be able to, we're able to be seen and heard for exactly who we are. Yeah. I I love that because you don't realize how important it is to like feel your feelings until like, you know, you've experienced some trauma and you suppressed it and it comes out when you don't, when you least expect it. And when it's really an inopportune time to deal with it. Developing the podcast, I remember being in group therapy and and finally talking about my truth, like the the abuse. It took a long time for me to say it out loud, and once I did, mm. um, not just to you know my EMDR therapist, but to the group, I can't tell you how many different people came up to me afterwards and said that happened to me too. And they, they never yes. felt comfortable talking about it, um, especially in group. And that was what was holding them back from their therapy or their, their recovery was the fact that they didn't feel comfortable enough to talk about it because it's just, it, it was a hard thing to talk about. But, you know, I, it gives you, when, when you hear someone's story, it gives, kind of gives you permission to, to finally tell your story. And it is, it's really helpful for people just to understand. I mean, for myself and like I work with Preston Smiles, he's one of my coaches and we'd work on the bridge experience and things, different things around the world. And like for my own clients and he would say as well, not 80 to 90% of the people that come into our space have had sexual abuse as as children Mm -hmm. or through their teens. Like it's so common and people just don't want to share that because they think that they're one of a few when they're it's the majority of people out there so and like you said just expressing that gives somebody else permission and it's so much lighter on your heart there's just yeah. so much um that your that weight comes off your shoulders so mm-hmm. yeah it is really important that we we share about this and get it out in the open and I feel at the moment like with all of this stuff that's going on in the world so much of that is actually coming out so that we can see wow sexual abuse and all of these things within the world is really common and we don't want that for the future. So what are we going to do differently so that this doesn't happen? And, you know, educating your child like you are and going into the treatment that you did and working on ourselves really allows us to have a generation where we end those loops of terrible cycles for the next generation. So it's so powerful, this work. And people, I think, underestimate what they're actually doing when they go oh yeah I'm going to go to a retreat and I'm going to do that or I'm going to work with a coach or I'm I'm going to go and do a personal development course that ending those cycles for the next generation and ending that within their own ancestral lineage as well which is huge huge for humanity and for this planet as well absolutely I I don't know if you listened to my first interview um, my first episode on transgenerational trauma and I and how that affects it, how that just kind of trickles down, you know, you, you know, the scientists, the researchers have seen the gene actually get passed down. 
Um, but it's mm. also it's also a lot of the experience. And maybe that's a lot. The majority of it is how you react and how they see you. You know, I mean, my daughter was just like, you're yelling at me. This is why I'm yelling. <laughs> so that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And it's so amazing that she's able to express herself. These kids that are coming through now are like so much more evolved than like emotionally stronger yes. than a lot of uh, the other generations. And they're just in their power a lot of the time. So it's really amazing. I'm so excited for the next generation actually, and all the changes that they're going to make in the world. I know I am too. It's, it's interesting. And I think it, and, and I think it has a lot to do with the research being done, you know, like this is, you know, feeling your feelings, you know, that is mm. important. And I, and, and I think that that's one of yeah. the most important things that I've learned. Yeah, I think so too. Same with me, like honoring your truth, a hundred percent allowing yourself just to feel whatever is going on and that all emotions are valid and not one yes. is better than the other. Absolutely. So powerful. Yeah. You have been a fascinating person to speak with. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me for our Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. You've, you've been unbelievable and just a valuable conversation that I know that a lot of people will benefit from. I hope so. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that was Trauma Survivor Thriver, entrepreneur, founder of the nonprofit Resonate Foundation, and business coach Blythe Langford. For more information on Blythe and all of her endeavors, please visit atstpodcast.com. That's letter A, tstpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my monthly magazine, Authentic Insider, for more in-depth inspirational stories and everything mental health. You can find this podcast in video format on YouTube and IGTV. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Take care.